Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. LFC Day Trippers, brought to you by bookmakers.com. I sometimes forget how long that intro can be, but it's I absolutely so love it. I absolutely love it. Welcome to the LFC Day Trippers brought to you by bookmakers.com. It's Thursday night. It's the viewer's voice, but we're going to do something a little bit different. Gav's come up with a little transfer game for us to play to start gearing up to the next transfer window opening. So I got the uh, boss man Gav and Kev doing our third show uh, three nights in a row now, bud. It's yeah, getting to be a regular thing. Getting to be a regular thing. Don't tell Buffy. <laughs> yeah. And Gav, you're uh, you're burning the candle at both ends before the big trip coming up this weekend. Eh? You just finished your bookmakers.com show and right on to here. Yeah, I'm I'm I've I've taken too much on lads, I'm being honest with you. Um I've I we done the bookmakers show, it was really enjoyable. Um I've this show tonight. We have shows over the weekend while I'm not here, which I have to organise before I leave. And then I'm trying to edit down golf videos as well at the same time. So it's um it's ridiculous, but it's fun at the same time. The golf stuff is going great, and um, more to come from that tomorrow from 9 a.m., so I got that plug in nice and early. Brilliant, brilliant. So, yeah, like I said, the show is sponsored by bookmakers.com. Uh, Gav just had a show on there. Go back and check it out if you guys didn't see it. You had Joe, uh, a United fan and a City fan on with you, so it was really good. I love how much it just, like, pains Joe to give United any amount of praise whatsoever. <laughs> yeah. he, he, do you know what he said to me? Do you know what he said to me at the end? He says, uh, I don't know whether it was on the show or when we – no, when we were finished, he was like, 
I'm trying to get as much in here as I can in case leads go down. And I told him there was always a place on the day trip for him. He can come on once a week for a half an hour chat. And while he's talking away about leads on the, on the trip to Barnsley that he made, we'll all be whispering in the background going, just just let him talk. He'll be gone in a half an hour. So, um, <laughs> yeah, no, but Joe was so good. He's so much fun. But um, yeah. I hope leads stay up just for Joe, to be honest. Yeah, me too. And I think they will. So, yeah, uh, bookmakers, again, check them out on our website. Get the best odds for all that good stuff. So, Here's what we're going to do tonight. We're going to take a look at our squad going into the next season, the 23-24 season. And we're working under two assumptions. The first assumption, which we can all enjoy, is that Jude Bellingham is done and dusted. The money is set aside in a separate account. It's paid for. Next season, we're going under the assumption that Jude Bellingham is going to be playing for Liverpool next year. So tick that off of your box immediately. For As part of the game, we're going to say we have Jude Bellingham. Yeah. Yeah. And it's... It's a good thought to have, and I think it's going to come to fruition. So the other one is that we're going to have 100 million pounds to spend. So that's before any sales, any of the players leaving, and what fees we might recoup for them. Outgoing 100 million pounds, just to be somewhat realistic. So uh, the other rules we got to be kind of aware of, and Kev has done the uh, background on this, is our homegrown, clubgrown quota. What's the, what's the deal with that, Kev? Right, okay. As it stands at the minute, it's easier to go off the UEFA rules because once you tick off the UEFA rules, you automatically tick off the Premier League rules at the same time. So this is it in a nutshell. The current UEFA homegrown rule states that a 25-man squad submitted by each club playing in the UEFA Champions League, UEFA Europa League or Conference must have at least eight locally trained players in their squad. That basically means you have to have a minimum of eight players. Of those eight players, four can be homegrown, which is trained, brought through youth academies at any English or Welsh club. They must have spent three years at that club between the ages of 15 and 21. But four of those players have to be homegrown and club produced by ourselves. So if we tick off both of those boxes, we automatically, by default, take off the the Premier League requirement as well. So they have to. You have to have eight homegrown players, four of which are club grown. So the likes of Trent Alexander Arnold's one, and they have to be over the age of twenty one. Mm-hmm. So players who are under twenty one currently, Harvey Elliott and Co, don't count towards the quota. And this and, is where Curtis Jones now becomes part of that quota, well, correct? Yes, he does. He comes into it this season along with a, a few others. Okay. okay. So, yeah, Gav, uh, this is your creation. Any other ground rules we uh, need to let the people no, know No, I think, I, look, people will take this massively seriously, and they shouldn't, right? Because <laughs> we, along with everyone, like, everyone on the planet, bar probably a handful of people in, inside Anfield, or, or, or Kirby, or the officers, wherever they are, right, know what's going on. We're just playing a game where... We're going to say we get Bellingham. Like, that's part of the game we just thrown in there, right? Because otherwise, we'd be just a row about Bellingham for an hour and then we'll all just go home. And we're saying 100 million on top, plus sales, obviously. And the other things we have to keep in mind as a tree is the money we're spending on other players, whether that's, you know, but also the wages that they might command. Because we've seen recently the Liverpool accounts and the wages is massive and you might see Liverpool reducing that a little bit. I don't know. But for us three tonight, we're going to look at who goes out, in our opinion, and we'll debate it, 
who comes in, what we spend, how who we spend the money on, and how much we spend, the wages that might be there, and we sh- we hope to at the end of it come to a squad for Liverpool in the summer of twenty twenty three that is a stronger, and B is within those um, parameters that Kev has explained. We I think we go through all the positions as to who we we think will live, then we go into the positions that we think people will come in, and then it should total up near the end where we go, yeah, that's probably doable financially. All right, sounds good. Well, um, a lot of the chat is going to be midfield-based, so some of these other positions are a little bit easier. I mean, we all know who the number one goalie is going to be going into next season. There's no doubt about that. It's going to be Allison Becker. He's the best keeper in the world. The big question becomes, will Kelleher be here next season? I don't think he will. Kev? No, I don't think he will. I think he'll... Angle. I think he'll just ask for a ask for a move. He's twenty four years of age. He's only played nine senior games for the Republic of Ireland. So if he wants to kickstart his international career and the way the Republic of Ireland squad is shaping up with the young players that we've got coming through, he's got to want to be involved in that. So he's got to need to be playing first team football, and he's good enough to go. I think with what we're going to be able to bring in and replace him with, um, the profit that we're going to get from him it can be reinvested elsewhere yeah, um, yeah you, for uh, me for me uh, i'd have Har- harvey davies would be my number two going into next season um <coughs> yeah i'm 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 kind of witches to be honest with you um Kelleher, yeah I, I, we spoke about this a, a couple of weeks ago um i think Kelleher will look for me over the age he's at um, how good Allison is, where Keller wants to be in his career, probably in twelve months' time. Um, because when is the next Euros? It's probably next uh, next summer. Twenty eight. Yeah. No, next Euros would be twenty twenty four. Yeah, twenty four. Yeah, yeah twenty six is World Cup in Canada. Yeah. Yeah. So twenty twenty four. So in a year's time, he's probably going to want to be trying to go to that and be a goalkeeper. So you you have to look at those things. So I think he will. I think he will live. Um, if we're going through positions, I think he will leave. Yeah, I'm I'm okay for the younger keeper coming up, but I I, I still have a little bit of a thing about the type of goalkeeper we have in reserve. If if something happens to Allison, do we try bringing a, a tall goalkeeper? We we'll probably get to that later. Yeah. But we're trying to look at outs at the minute. I think, I think Kelleher does leave. Yeah, I think Kelleher goes. I think we're, were we all agreed on that. Yeah, I think so. yeah. I... I, the, the, the the other questions are where and for how much. I think you go to a club. I I put it, put it out there about a month ago that a move to the Bundesliga would not be out of the question for him. And there are plenty of clubs. He he's got that style of play that would suit the Bundesliga. And there's plenty of clubs out there that would take a punt on a young goalkeeper in the hope of maybe selling him back to the Premier League down the line. And I think you can definitely command a few twenty-five million pounds for him. That's about what I was thinking. What do you think, Ev? I think conservatively twenty-five million is okay. It might be a little bit more than that, but at the end of the day, I don't know how many games he's played for Liverpool. Although he's how highly rated he is, and you know, being highly rated leads to big fees, you know, nowadays. But I would say, I would say twenty-five million is yeah, it's fair. Yeah, conservative. Uh, so I'll, I'll put him down as. At twenty-five million, 
Yeah, it's. Uh, I think Laszlo Panaflex <laughs> says that Kelleher to replace Raya, who goes to Spurs. I think that's probably the most likely. But if Spurs were smart, I think they'd cut the middleman out and come and buy Kelleher. And if mm. that's the case, I'd like. But to the only problem is, I think Liverpool will look for. I think Liverpool will look for a buyback on on Cuevin Keller, and I think there's more chance of them achieving that if he was sold to the likes of a Brentford or a Bundesliga side than a Spurs. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So we got Kelleher going out. All agreed on that for let's say twenty-five million pounds. Mm-hmm. There, uh, Adrian, obviously third keeper. He won't be coming back next season. So the question becomes. And we'll get to it later when we start talking about the ends of whether we promote two or whether we look to bring in a third keeper. Yeah. Uh, a little more veteran presence, as many, many teams do. Going into defense, uh, Trent obviously is going to be playing it right back. I think Calvin Ramsey will be with the club next season as well, too. I don't see him going out on a loan or anything like that. He seems to mm-hmm. be Trent's backup. We can agree on that. Yeah. I think, okay. well, well, looking at the squad, so. I'm going to keep a note of this as we go, right? So, Alisson is definitely in the squad, okay? Yeah, yeah um, Harvey Davies, I think we all agree, is okay. going to be... Okay, we're going to put Harvey Davies in the squad, okay? We'll we'll talk, we might talk about um, the other fella, the tall goalkeeper in a bit, um, mm-hmm. Adrian. But, just on defenders, we're all happy with Trent. Yep. Ramsey, we're all happy yeah. with Ramsey. Yep. yep. We're all happy Robo, with... Robbo and Costas, I think, are both locks for next season. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, VVD, Kanate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And now, and now you get into it. Being, that's where it stops being ironclad pretty yeah. much is after for me. Virgil and Kanate. I, for me, I, I see the club going at least one more season with Joe Gomez. Oh, yeah. I, the, I, Joe, Joe Gomez is going nowhere. Norris yeah. Curtis Jones for anyone getting excited in the chat. They're going nowhere. Um. Joel Matip, however, has one year left in his contract, and he's one I could definitely see being moved on. Um, and he will be making way for someone coming in from the Bundesliga on a free. But, yeah, look, um, I, I think you have four senior centre-backs with backup from two others that are homegrown and club-grown, and that's enough. Um, Joe Gomez, he hits all the right buttons, and... He covers Trent. He's basically a covers a fourth choice centre back who can also cover it right back if needed, mm. and that's the way you have to look at it. You can't look at players that um, like Ibu Kanate. Well, he's got to miss X Y Z games. If someone's got to be missing 20, 15, 20 games every season, bin him off now. Yeah. Just get rid of him. There's no point in having players like that at the club all the time, unless mm-hmm. there's, a, there's a, unless there's a plan in place. So for me. It's Joel Matip goes. I think at best you could probably recoup maybe eight million for him. I don't think. I think at his age and the fact that he's not got much on his left on his contract, the fact that he is injury prone, uh, and he plus he's on a high wage, so you're going to have uh, only a certain amount of clubs are going to be willing to take that kind of wage on, and they're not going to be willing to put out a big transfer fee on top of that. Mm. So I think, I think you have to be realistic with that. The thing that stands up for Joe Gomez is that he's he's homegrown and he might even he, he might well. even be in his club grown as well because he's at the club since he's seventeen. Yeah. So that kind of stands him, and you have to look at that because it gets more and more difficult as this squad goes on, doesn't it? Um, yeah. With regards to homegrown and club grown, so are we both going with Gomez? Yeah. Yeah, I think Gomez stays for sure. I The question for you, Gav, is because I agree with Kev on Matip. I think Matip's going to get moved on in the summer. Uh, we got three for three on that one too. 
Yeah, I think so. I think it, it needs a shake up at centre back, and we we'll get on to um, Nat Phillips later on. But mm-hmm. it needs a shake up at centre back. I think Matip looks Matip just looks very nervous. Nervous everything he's doing there. Even when he put him in beside Van Dijk, he just looks nervous. He looks like not that his head's gone. I think he's been brilliant for Liverpool. Um, but last year of a contract, no real talk of him renewing, which is which is interesting, especially at centre back where we literally have four, and we've seen the issues we've had at centre back over the over the past couple of years. Nat Phillips is still there and is trying to get out of the club at every transfer window, and something happens and then he, he can't. Um, I th- yeah, I think I think um, I think Matab will go, and I'd I'd probably put around ten million on him. To go, I think that's probably a fair price of ten million. Yeah. You know yeah. the age he's at. I know he's in the last year of his contract, and yeah, he command the wage, but ten million for John Matip is is a good price, I think. Um, so that's why, yeah, I, I I'm happy to go with Gom, um, Matip leaving, Gomez okay. staying, and we'll get on to the ins later where we we'll bulk up this squad. Yeah, yeah, we're gonna thin it out first, and then uh, try to fill it out and yeah. end on a high note, sort of thing. Uh, I mean, you mentioned him. We got to talk about him again. It's a transfer speculation. So, Nat Phillips, I think he's going to go this summer. $10 million. No, Not for me. No? No, he's, not. Go on, sorry, Gav. He's on a long-term contract. Now, that I've, I'm only to do on the show a few minutes ago where I basically told you the contracts aren't worth the money they're written on. But, but he feels like a player that... Liverpool are okay to have around, but for him, you know, maybe he's happy. You don't hear a word out of him. He's getting good money. He's not playing any football, but he's getting paid good money to play to sit around and be like just in case, you know, just in case for Liverpool. Um, he's homegrown as well. So and he's club grown. And he's is he club grown? Yes, he's club grown as well. He was at. The, he's been at the club for three years before he turned twenty-one. Okay, so he's club grown as well. Yeah, I, I think it's something you might have to come back on, depending on how the, the squad shapes towards the end. We might. I would kind of put a freeze on him for the minute, um, along with Reese, um, Reese Williams. Williams, and just look at the end and see what we have numbers-wise. And if we've twenty-five, twenty-six players, and them two aren't on that list, you could probably make the argument for them going. But yeah. We probably have to see it later. But at the moment, the main ones are Kelhar at 25 and Matip at 10. And then it's into midfield and God knows um, God knows where this is going to go. Yeah, it, it could end up being a slaughter. I mean, before we finish with the defenders, I mean, just a word. Reese Williams, Sepp Vandenberg, what do we see from them? Loans, sales? I, think- I, was, I was leaning more towards Phillips being sold and Reese Williams kind of taking that position of just helping to bulk out the homegrown, club-grown numbers, like your fifth-choice center half. Because, uh, I mean, we're going to get on to the ends later. I see us bringing in a center half. Uh, I saw Reese kind of taking that role from Phillips and Phillips moving on and trying to find some sort of championship, you know, lower end of the Premier League career. And Vandenberg, I think his injury set him back a ton this year. I think if he'd have gone and had a real good loan spell that was uninterrupted, you know, took the step up from Preston to he's at what Hamburg? No, it's a Schalke. Schalke, Schalke. yeah, one one of those blue and white German teams. Uh, if, if he'd have not been injured, there might have been a shout for him maybe taking that fifth choice spot and staying with the team for another season. But I could see Vandenberg going on another loan or maybe even being sold for you know a couple million because he didn't cost us anything. 
for me, all of those decisions come in the last week of the transfer window, depending on where the club is. And it, it depends on what business you're able to do in May, June and July as to what will happen to those three players and a few others that I've seen mentioned in the chat about possible loans later on down the line. As it stands at the minute, look, Nat Phillips is a much better defender than Reese Williams. Far superior yeah. in, a, in every way, shape or form. And if it came down to a choice between the two of them, Nat Phillips is the one I'd be keeping. But you're talking about fifth, sixth and seventh choice players. To me, they're there to fill a function. And that function is to fill a quota. Nothing more than that. And that's not... Every, every club has them. Uh, Manchester United have had it with Phil Jones. You know, unfortunately for well, fortunately for Manchester United, they're paying Phil Jones hundred grand a week to fulfill that fixture. But <laughs> it's a good and, job and if you can get it. We, I don't want us to be going down that road. But at the same time, we have to do this. We have to have these quotas filled so that we can do other things in different areas of the pitch. So, and I don't want one of those slots taken up like a non-homegrown player slot taken up by a third choice goalkeeper going forward. Yeah. So, if it means it's a decision to be made down the line at the end of a transfer window, fine. I'm not wedded to any of them. If they stay, I'm not bothered because I don't think any of them will play. And if they do play, I'd rather it be Nat because I know he'll give 100%. Gav? It's, I agree with Kev. I think the decision that... I don't think Liverpool will actively go to look to sell Reese Williams in the summer. Um, or Sepp van den Berg, but something might come towards the end of it where they get an offer for, in particular, Sepp van den Berg, um, where, you know, Preston want to make something permanent or wherever he is, you know what I mean? Because he was at Preston, wasn't he? Um, you know, or somebody comes in, like Reese Williams has spent time on loan now at Swansea and Blackpool, I think, um, and someone in the championship might go, you know what? He's worth a punt, but I think I, I I agree with Kev. I think it's something where you'll probably see the last week of the window where they go. You know what? Let him go. Um, but again, these players we're talking about are all about. They're not going to feature for Liverpool next season. Do you know what I mean? They're probably only kept there to be registered for in some sort of way, um, used for numbers wise. But Sepp van den Berg and and Reese Williams and Nat Phillips to an extent won't be. They won't be playing for Liverpool next season. Even if they're Liverpool players, they won't be featuring. League Cup, maybe. But other than that, you won't see them. It's, yeah, it's, of, it's only numbers the game of them, there, really. None of the three of them have really shown that they're truly the quality that we think our centre have should be. You know, if we're if we're aspiring to put up 90-point seasons and stuff like that and go deep in the Champions League, they just haven't quite done it yet. So a lot will depend on who comes in. Like like you said, Kev, it's a good point. Last week of the window, you know, you get $5 million for Reese Williams. He's probably going to be gone out the door. So let's skip over the midfield because that's where the biggest chunk of meat is. I think up front, the only question, Bobby Firmino? Yeah. yeah. Everybody no. else is there. I mean, we've done a great job of revamping our forward line. Like, you know, when you're doing something like this and you're starting writing down the squad and you're looking at it going like, well, that looks pretty good. You know, you got a couple of young kids coming up through the academy and Ben Doak and uh, Kate Gordon, if he recovers from his injury properly. Oakley Cannoneer also probably ready to take the jump to the 23s in a big, big way. Bobby Firmino, stay or go? What do you think, Kev? I think, for me, when I was working this out earlier on, I was, I'd, I've got pages and pages of paper here. I didn't keep any of the players that are going out of contract. 
none of them. Uh, that includes Bobby. Um, I think, I think we've we've drained every last ounce out of Bobby Firmino. I don't think he's going to get back to the levels where he was, and I don't think, definitely don't think he's going to improve. And I also don't think he's comfortable, or he we should be he should be comfortable being a third choice number nine, because that's how I see him in the squad when everyone is fit and available. He's your third choice up up top. He can do a job elsewhere. Because next year, I hope, I hope, and I think we will shift to playing a different system. I think we'll buy for a different system in the summer. I think we'll end up playing four-two-three-one next year. And I just don't think you need a Bobby Firmino. I think you need someone else in a different position. And he'd be the one I just wouldn't renew. I think the the wages that he commands would be better spent elsewhere. And I think he could go and do a job in Italy or in Spain. And have finish off and have a great career, playing 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 somewhere like that. But I just think that his time at a top level, top tier Premier League club is is done. Gav, what about you? Um, I don't know. I really don't know. The signing of Gakbo throws more doubt on him for me. You know, I think I think if you're sitting if you're sitting here now and you were saying, okay, I'm looking at it here. If you had Diaz, Nunes, Jota, Salah, right? Um, Firmino's in there as well, and you're kind of going fine. You know what I mean? But that Gakbo signing for me is just like, and even the way Gakbo's playing. And where it's he's playing, the way he's been playing the he's, last yeah, couple of games. Where he's, yeah, the way he's trying to play and where he's playing, um, and the fact that you know, November, December, you are hearing things of you know Bobby Firmino really wants to sign a new deal at Liverpool and they're hoping to get it done, and Klopp was saying they hope to get something done. Now it's just gone massively quiet, and you'll probably see stuff coming out, um. If not, if it hasn't already, it probably has. It just goes over my head. Where, but it, but it comes out then that you know it looks like he won't sign. It, it just that Gakbo signing because, like, if you don't have Firmino, you have Diaz, Gakbo, Nunes, Jota, Salah. That's five, isn't it? Am yeah. I missing anybody? Uh, no, depends five. if you want to throw a Fabio Carvalho or a Harvey. Yeah, but, but I'm talking record. players that actually play right um, on the absolute regular. Um, it just feels like, you know, Diaz left side, Nunes can play left or centre, Jota can do the same, Salah, Jota can go over and play on the right, so could Diaz really, but it feels like Firmino, you're, I, I still like him as a player, but I feel like you're, you're crowbarring him in here now. And you're probably, if you're looking to, I'm, I'm all for Firmino being in the squad and helping out players and, and succession planning and stuff like that, but it feels like there's one too many. For him to be just helping out one, it feels like there's just too many players trying for that central spot. Jota, um, Jota, Nunes, and now Gakpo. Does Firmino stay in that squad? I'm, I'm not too sure. So, uh, right, I've nothing against Bobby Firmino, but right now I'd err on the side of he probably goes on a free. Yeah, I was, uh, for most of the season, I was of the firm belief that Bobby would sign a one year extension, you know, reduce his wages a little bit have another year out with the team but when you start writing it down i mean i had him almost as fifth choice forward 
like Darwin, Gakpo, Jada, Mo, they can all play in the center. You know, really the only one of our five forwards that we all agree are going to be here next season that doesn't really play through the middle is Diaz. And other than that, like even if we're going to go to a 4-2-3-1, which I also kind of think we are going to move more towards, in the 10, he's still pretty far down the list in terms of choices. And I think for that reason, I think you got to just thank him for his time. I mean, you know, he was here before Klopp even was. Bobby Firmino has had a long career with Liverpool Football Club. Yeah. Time, time so, to say goodbye. Oh, I'm, I'm gonna put I'm gonna put Firmino in there as a free, right? Yep. Okay, so he's gone. Um, midfield. Midfield, yeah. It's. <laughs> I mean, Naby and Chamberlain. I think we can all agree are going to be allowed to leave on a free. So that's too easy. Yeah. So Ox will go. Kate will go. Both for free. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So the other midfielder without a contract, and Kev, you kind of alluded to it, is Milner. Yeah. I think we bring Milner back for another year. Yeah, I I don't. And the reason being is, is similar to Bobby. <coughs> it's like if it was going to be done, Milner would be an easy one to do. And it would be an easy one to push out. It's just as a news thing, and just get it, just get it over with. It's um, for me, it's it's no um, for what he offers, quota wise, homegrown wise, on the pitch for twenty minutes here and there is absolutely fine. But I want Jordan Henderson doing that role, <coughs> and at thirty-seven, pushing thirty-eight years of age, there's I there's no upside. For me, apart from having an experienced head around the dressing room, but you can't keep everyone. You can't keep people just because they used to be brilliant for us. And same with Bobby. I I love the bones of Bobby for me. You know, he's one of the technically one of the best players I've ever seen play for us. But at some point, you have to cut, just cut cut the cord and evolve, move forward, and reduce the age of the squad. And the the senior players who are going to become senior players have to pick up the mantle and step up so and i'd have no no problem whatsoever if james Milner wants to do his coaching badges at liverpool stay at the club for as long as you bloody like but i think his playing days for liverpool are done they have to be the, you know? the one the one thing he's that not luke he's not luke modric is oh I, no he's definitely not at the same level no, as luke modric you can't deny it's not like his legs are falling off you know, James Milner is still has the ability to get around the pitch. Like maybe his speed of decision making is a little bit slower, but Milner was never an absolute jaw dropping performance type of player. He's a he's a consummate journeyman midfielder. And for me, the thing why I was leaning towards keeping Milner is that he gives you the option of being that right back, left back option off of the bench. He covers so many positions. He covers so many positions. He's our third choice left back. I like I don't even think there's not even a debate about it. He, at currently, he's our third choice left back. He's our third choice right back. Well, he's our second choice right back now that Ramsey and Gomez are both out. Like that value to me, that's the value of James Milner. And if it keeps him in the setup, you know, if he starts transitioning into picking up his badges and he stays with Liverpool, I'm completely fine with that because I mean, what a professional. It, he's going to be in 10 years the Putting together, uh, you know, doing a draft of all-time Premier League teams, 
you'll be happy to put James Milner in your midfielder at right back with like a ninth round pick in an all-time Premier League team because what a career he's had. Gav, Milner, stay, go. He qualifies as a homegrown player, doesn't he? Yeah, sure does. That's right. That's that's the only sticking point for me. And you have to remember, listen, as much as we as much as we we we, we give out about what we have at our disposal at the moment, like we have to be realistic as to how many amount of players Liverpool are gonna A ship out and B bring in. You know, I'm all for saying this player mightn't be got this, but they're not gonna do them all at the one time. Um I I don't know on Milner. I think I I think Liverpool need three midfielders. Right? But I don't have I don't have Milner in the role he's in in the squad as something that needs to be changed as quickly as others around him, if you know what I mean. You know, like Ox will go, but Ox has given us nothing, you know, for a couple of years now. Keita will go, but Keita is very hit and miss. He just can't keep fit. Do you know what I mean? And, you know, listen, even when Keita plays, it's like everyone has to be all edgy about Keita on every game and, and absolutely drill down on him. Um, and then when he doesn't play, it's like, oh, here it goes again. And it's just one, it's just very unfortunate for a for, for a player on a personal level that it hasn't worked at Liverpool. And I don't think he'll sign. Um, it, you know, that's why he wants to sign a new deal. I think it just, it just hasn't worked. Um, but I think the idea of Liverpool letting three, four midfielders go in the summer, I think is just a bit unrealistic like like would, it, would we not be better off listing the midfielders that we think would stay 100% will stay and then look at what numbers you have in those and then what would you add to it so yeah. let let so let's presume Bellingham signs for Liverpool okay yeah yep. so I like you have that one Bellingham eight. okay you have Thiago mm, yeah you have Bacetic or Bacetic, whatever you want count. to say. Yeah, but he doesn't. He doesn't count as anything. But he's so in the squad. Matter. I know, yeah. but it doesn't matter. For for no, that, I know, for I know, I know, I know he doesn't matter. But he's in. He's going to play. We're, we're, we're oh, looking at this. But he... we're not. But we're not looking to just put in the players that qualify. We're looking into go. That's the squad. Is that good enough? Do you know what I mean? So Bacetic, I'm. I'm. Look, I'm not putting anything beside him to say that. He doesn't count. I'm only putting beside players that you need to get into a yeah. quota. Well, you know how, I mean? how many like teams... I've been Doak written down here with the attackers. But that's not... I'm not saying, you know, the, the 25, we'll go through the 25 that you would register at the end. Who's left after that? You know, and that's who who would be our squad. They're like the... Fabinho. Yeah. I, 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 I think he stays as well. So do I. Okay. Yeah. So Fabinho's in, okay. Henderson. Stays. Stays. Yeah, so do I. I think he stays. But this is where it all it'll turn around into roles and within the squad. Um Curtis Jones. Stays. Curtis Jones stays. Harvey Elliott. Stays. Okay. Um am I missing anybody? Carvalho. Carvalho. Possible yeah. loan, depending on what the window looks like. Yeah. yeah, but Carvalho is, is is definitely going to be a Liverpool player. So yeah, 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 he won't be sold. That's for sure. Okay, so when you look at that, you've one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. There's eight players there. You know, there's eight players 
presumably from midfield. So if you bring in two, you have ten. But this is this is where you're gonna hit the problem. If you bring do you bring in two on top of Joe Bellingham, or do you just say Ox and Oh sorry, I I'd have Milner in there as well for the moment, but we don't know, right? Um so Milner is a possibility in there. So if you're getting rid of Ox and Kate, do you just bring in Bellingham and one other? Does that make enough of a difference to midfield? Arthur Mello's on loan. Brian O'Halloran says Arthur Mello, but yeah, um, doesn't matter. He's got. He won't be extended. No, for me, I would be bringing thirty-seven million euro option on Arthur Mello after that thirteen minutes against Napoli. We'd be fools not to activate that. Come on, <laughs> give me a break. I think we bring in Bellingham as a given. Then I think we're looking at bringing in two more. Um, so if you bring me, two more in, if you bring two more in, right? But for me, I'm not keeping Milner. Okay, so I'm I haven't got Milner, one... but I haven't got Milner written down here, right? Yeah, all right. Okay, so I have not got Milner written down here, but if you That's bring fine. in, so at the moment you have Bellingham, Thiago, Bojetic, Fabinho, Henderson, Jones, Elliot, Carvalho, and two more. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Roy. Now, Gav, when you're when you were doing this and thinking about it, were you thinking in a four three three? Because I I'm on board with Kev. I think we're going to move more towards a double pivot and play four two three one next season. Well, if you play a double pivot and go four two three one, then you have to look at the type of players you're bringing in the midfield. Where do you put Bellingham in a four two three one? Next to Fabinho. One, yeah, one of the sixes. Oh, really? Fabinho yeah. fits and Bellingham does everything. Okay, interesting. Um, That's where he's playing for Dortmund at the minute. Okay. And he's he's flying it. So you bring two more in. Yeah. And you've Bellingham and Fabinho. Who are you bringing in then? Because you have to remember, Thiago still thinks he's going to play. Bacetic yeah. definitely does. Fabinho, Henderson. Um, maybe not so much Jones, Elliot. But there's plenty of players there that are going to think they're going to play. And now we're, now we're, remember now, now we're sitting at possibly eight players for two positions here. Because That's no problem. Because... Thiago, I don't think Bacetic, Fabinho, Henderson, none of them play in a 10. But we got no shortage of players that we think of that could play in a 10, though. Harvey Elliott looks like he could play a 10. Fabio Carvalho looks like he could play a 10. I think Gakpo could do it. I think Jota could do it. I think Curtis Jones could do it. That's why I, it's like it's something I've been kind of harping on about. It, like the The sparse transfer work that we've done over the past couple of seasons are all players that we're looking at going they don't seem to fit in our thinking of a clock 4-3-3 formation but if you just shift it and do a 4-2-3-1 and you see like how Harvey Elliott just went forward with abandon at times well not with abandon but you know he was pushing forward and becoming the fourth player in attack in the game uh against Wolves the other day I think that's more where he suits because he doesn't have the lightning pace like Diaz or Salah or somebody like that to play on the wing. Either does Carvalho, but they got lots of guile. They get into spaces. They keep the ball well. Uh, I mean, Kevin Ball says, how is there no conversation of Fab being sold? This is where I differed. I can see one of either Thiago or Fabinho being sold if an offer comes in at all for them. 
if somebody were to offer 15, 20 million for Tiago, yeah, I, I okay. think Liverpool should pull the trigger on it. I'm, I'm maybe, there's, maybe there's a thing there, right? But if you do that, now you're, now you're down to Tiago gone, okay? Or yep. you do a Fabinho. I think the Fabinho one's more interesting. Because if you do a Fabinho one, then you need... Then you're down to all those players there. Who's playing in the six? Well, that's why I was leaning more towards Thiago because I don't think Fabinho's value is what it should be. Like, if we were looking to offload him in the summer, I think we'd be taking far less than if he'd had a half-decent season as opposed to he's currently had a pretty bad season so far. Whereas Thiago has been the one player, when you've looked at our midfield before he got injured, that pretty much everybody was like... Well, Tiago is still doing the work there. Like he, Tiago plays a little bit more like Modric, where he doesn't need the physical abilities quite so much because he's so brilliant with the ball at his feet, at his feet, and his range of passing is so incredible. So that's why I was kind of, and because Tiago doesn't exactly fit into the four-two-three-one system, I don't see where he sits. Like I don't want to see a double pivot of Tiago and Bacetic quite so much, but Fabinho and Bacetic. I'm okay with that. Okay, so let's 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 stop for well, a second. Right? Well, one thing, okay, Fabinho's contract is up in 2026. Yeah. Thiago's contract is up in 2024, and he's 31 years of age. Yeah. So I could, this is where I think I could see him staying for the year and running his contract down and going on a free at the end of his contract mm. in 2024. Yeah. I Good don't point. see Fabinho being sold, especially with. The fact that he is an out and out six, and that is a rare breed of player out there at the minute, especially at his age and experience level. If this, we have, if you if you look at this season and say, okay, look, this is just a dip, a, a big dip in form, but he's twenty nine years of age, he's good enough to be able to get this back. Then, if you get him back to any anything close to how he was against Wolves for a season, you're quits in because. Yeah. Bellingham next to him is his legs and will do all the donkey work and get up and down the pitch. Yeah, but there's, there's, and, there's way, there's, hold on, there's way more, there's way more work to be done in a two-man midfield and doing donkey work. It's okay saying I'll do the donkey work in a three, but doing the donkey work in a two, especially when you consider the player you're going to have ahead of you in the ten, it doesn't make sense. Like, when you play a 4 2 3 when you usually have two guys there that just walk, 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 right? And the guy in front is usually a 10, right? Or an eight, really, that's just playing slightly advanced and, and is usually used as the man that chaperones the press, really. You know, he's 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 filling in the spaces for the press. But I don't know. I, I, I don't know why he's leaning towards 4 2 3 one with the makeup of those players. Mainly because of the forwards that we have and to get the best out of them. Yeah, and, and to get, the them, that- get more of them on the pitch. And the other side of it is one of the players I want to bring in is Kefren Turan. Uh, 21 years of age, six foot three. He is an outstanding talent. Much okay, better than well, his brother. Maybe, maybe, maybe uh, this is, a, is this a better way of going about it then? Let, let's look at the homegrown players, what we have right now. And then we, we can... All right. So, Davies wouldn't need to be registered, correct? No. Okay. Trent is homegrown and club grown. Yeah. Yep. Ramsey doesn't need nope. to be. Right? Doesn't need to be registered. Robbo international. He's international Scottish. Yeah, doesn't count. He's not homegrown. Oh, he He's not homegrown. Else. Okay. Costas, VVD, Canate, Gomez, 
homegrown and club grown. Yep. Bellingham won't matter. Thiago Bacetic. Doesn't count. Doesn't need doesn't, doesn't count. count. Fabinho doesn't count. Henderson, homegrown. Yes. Right? Yeah. Jones, homegrown, homegrown. Club, club grown. grown. Elliot. Doesn't count. Doesn't count. Carvalho. Doesn't, doesn't count. count. Diaz, Gakbo, Nunez, Jota, Salah. Don't count. Okay. So where are you yeah. pulling these eight homegrown players from? How many do we have? One, four, two, three, three four. Three okay. club growing and Henderson. Right. One of the goalkeepers I'd want to bring in is a guy. No, 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 no. Hold on, hold on, no. hold on. You want, to, you want to know where I'm getting the players from? I'll tell you where I'm getting the players okay. from. Okay. So Milner will be one if you kept Milner. Not from me. But if you want to keep him, keep him. But he's just going to be like standing there holding the, holding the doors up for real players. But Like a third string keeper. <laughs> yeah. Well, the third string keeper is, uh, is Rob Zeller. Uh, playing for Hanover, he's 34. He's available on a free. He has three years done at Manchester United before he was 21. So he counts as homegrown, even though he's German. So he would be one. You also have Nat Phillips, Reese Williams, and Seth Vandenberg as homegrown, club grown players. Petr Luger. Petr Luger would count as No, homegrown. he doesn't count yet. No, he won't until next year. 24, Kevin, 25. I thought he, he did. Kev, Kevin Balls is a Polish keeper can count as homegrown next oh, season. Oh, well, that's, that's Giros. Yeah. No, okay. it doesn't matter if he's Brazilian. He'll be at the club for the three-year period. So he will count when he turns 21. But Giros is... Um, would you want two kids as your second and third choice goalkeepers? I don't think so. Zeller is experienced and he's a good keeper. Yeah. So... I'd have no I'd, problem with that. I think I think this is a good place to kind of pivot from the outs to the ins because I I can see us going for the absolute quota filling veteran third choice keeper. And the guy you mentioned is good. I, I know absolutely nothing about him. Couple other options. Sam Johnstone, Alex McCarthy. Two English guys, yeah. both backup keepers. You know, Johnstone's at Palace. Alex McCarthy's at Southampton. Southampton's If either of them torn up in goal for Liverpool or any stage, we are all having a fucking meltdown. Yeah, it's yeah. the same as when Adrian comes into goal for Liverpool. It's just Adrian is Spanish and these guys are English. It's the but, same but, thing. But the thing is, you're going from you're going from a Queen Kelleher, right? Who we know who's trained under Allison for f- fucking five years now, right? Or four yeah, five years, right? You're getting rid of him. To bring in a young lad that is much earlier. They're exactly the same thing. He's doing no, exactly no, no, they're not thing. exactly the same thing because what age is what age is Davis? What age is Davis? Davis is nineteen, but they've ah, listen, come here. They've come all here. trained. Lad, lad, they've all lad, done the same training. Lads, you're living in fucking dreamland. If you I've think watched... if you think Davis right is has right now we are losing Quivey and Keller, who's who's training with Liverpool's first team for the last five years. So yeah. if Allison drops out. For any reason, you will bring in Quivey and Keller. You are not telling me under any circumstances that this guy Davis, your man Allison drops tomorrow and is out for t- ten games. That this guy Davis comes in and everyone goes, that's absolutely fine. Then no, there's absolute. Not. Then what you need to do is go and spend twenty million pounds on a goalkeeper to come and sit, come in and be number two. And if you no. if you want to do that, then no, that's fine. No, but my you argument find is, is that if you if you no, my argument around this is you're going Alex McCarthy and 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 this. Them lads are just choice. goalkeepers that just boot balls. They're third-choice yeah. keepers. That's, no, no, no. They're, Davis they're, should, they're be the the like third third that's, that's fine. should be the tour choice. The 19-year-old should be the tour choice. That's fine. That's fine. Find the money to buy a replacement for Creeping Keller. 
But that's this, what you, you have know, to what do. What I'm saying is, you can bring in an experienced player that fills a quota, but you need somebody, a goalkeeper, that can use his feet. Yeah, because honestly, the that's, 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 where either, that's where either uh, Peter Luger or Harvey Alex Davies, McCart- one of those two, not Alex McCarthy, would go anywhere near number it. two shirt. Like, to me, that's what it is, is that you bring in a third-choice keeper and you hope to God you never have to actually see them, you know, in a game. <coughs> you don't see, like, I, can't, I cannot stand Adria. He gives me shivers every time I watch him play. It's, it reminds me of Simo Mignolet, where it's just like, you don't know what's going to happen. You don't trust him to do it. You can't... If you think that our second-string keeper needs to be a somewhat proven, you know, slightly experienced, trained with the first team, then we're not selling Kelleher because you're not going to replace the level of second string keeper that we currently have for anywhere close to what we're going to recoup for Kelleher. I think you have to just keep him then. And I don't think that's going to be the case. I think they're going to put the trust in the kids and cross every appendage on their body that Allison doesn't do his Achilles in the first game of the season. I... I honestly like. I'm not saying that anything could happen to to Allison, but I promise you, if we end up with Sam Johnson or Alex Fulcom McCarthy, right, along with um, I forget Davis's first name. That's why I just keep calling him Harvey. Davis. Harvey Davis. Harvey Davis. Uh, if we end up with Harvey Davis and Sam Johnson or Alex McCarthy on air bench to fill a quota, and I, I, and Allison gets injured, I promise you. Both, all of us, all three of us, would yeah. sit here and go, "What the fuck are we going to do?" Honestly, that's, that's what's going what to happen. Happens, though, Gav, when the best person in their position in the world gets hurt, is you're left going, "What the fuck do we do now?" No, 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 no. I, I have no problem. Does Ron? Does Ron? Z- whatever his name is, does, can he play with his feet? Ron Zeller. Yes. Right. He's I have no problem years with that. Old. He can't play with his feet. Yes, he can. He's mate, he's played in Germany virtually all his life. He's I think he, he went he won he was in the World Cup squad with Germany when they won it in 2014. And he's 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 a very capable goalkeeper. He's every bit as good as what Adrian is and probably better. Wayne's so, asking here, Quee being his second choice, why is talking about third choice? We're, we're we're arguing who's third and who's second choice. That's really what we're doing. And, and, and Wayne, we, 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 all, we all agreed that Kelleher was going to get sold. That's the big thing, Wayne. Is you might have missed yeah. the first part when we were yeah. going through the players that we think will get moved. Not on that we want summer. to sell him, we just feel that as a player he will want to go and and, and get forced. And be a first choice actually, keeper. Well, yeah, we're and not actually. Value. We're not actually um, championing the idea of selling no. Quee and Keller. We're just. If he wants to, to stay, I'd be delighted with life. The actual I mean, now you look back a couple of weeks ago, and I was saying it's entirely possible that FSG might sell Allison and just promote from within and give Kelleher the number one shirt. Yeah, but you were drunk that night. I, po- I possibly was. <laughs> I, I, I possibly was. I'm just saying, you wouldn't that be surprised PTSD. if FSG Moneyball That was PTSD because... after being attacked by fucking Noah's Ark. Um <laughs> Uh, but I think out of out of all the players that we're looking at selling, I think the one that has the most market value, without question, is Kelleher. Yeah, I, I don't, players, I don't disagree with that. Yeah. I don't disagree with that. Um, and so for that reason, that's kind of why Wayne, we we're talking about second and third choice keepers, is. But yeah, yeah I, I'm with Kev. I think they're going to trust that goalkeeping academy that they're building up there. You know, Acterberg, Tafarel. We've got a pile of keepers. We just signed another 16-year-old Polish keeper, I think, today or yesterday or something like that. So, like, they they seem to want to 
create a production line of young keepers to just kind of find the next thing. And Kelleher is a great first example of that. Um, who's the, we sold a Polish keeper here. Jakub something. Yaros. Yaros. Yeah. Uh, Vito Yaros. Vito's Yaros. Yeah. We sold him. You know, those are, those are the ways that we can be making 10, 15 million. And if we're selling our backup goalkeeper for 25, 30 million, that's pretty great work from our academy. Mm. You know, a guy that's won us with a winning spot kick, you know, won us trophies and won so many countless penalty shootouts. But um, yeah, I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be one of those, a random keeper that you can get for under 5 million pounds that fills a quota that takes the third spot. And then Peter Luga and Davies play it out for the second choice keeper spot. Mm. So Ashley says, we've already had a season recently where Alisson missed 10 plus games. There's precedent for it. No more big gambles taken by FSG. You see, that's my worry. You concentrate yeah. on, on midfield and you go, oh, look at him and him and him. And then you go, but there's a fella down there in goal and he doesn't want to kick the ball. He just wants to lump the ball up the pitch 70 yards every time he gets it. That's not how Liverpool play. And that's that's for but me. That's is... also that's also how Harvey Davis does play. He was. This is what he's been training for for the last three for all of his time at Liverpool, is to play with your feet. If you watch him with the under-23s, watch him when he plays. He is excellent at it. He's calmness personified. He's he's probably better than what Kelleher was at the same age. And we didn't know anything about what Kelleher was capable of until he was thrust into it. We'd never, we'd never clue until he was given a game. And it's going to be the same with any second-choice keeper that comes in. And we won't know. So until if you if you kept like Adrian and just well, so you, you might as well just keep Adrian. But and... he takes up a non-grown home a non-homegrown yeah, pair like spot. We've only got seventeen with, of them. Yeah, replace Adrian with Alex McCarthy then. That's what I'm. I'm saying. not having Alex McCarthy at Liverpool Football Club. No, under any well, circumstances. Well, then, then this German guy. I like this German guy. He's free, so that helps with my accounting that I'm doing over here. <laughs> you know, I was looking at spending three or four million to get Johnstone or McCarthy out of some relegation fodder team, but I'm. Free is good. Yeah. Okay, so th in the in the third goalkeeper position, we're really just looking at a homegrown goalkeeper. Yes, for yeah. free. That's what we're going to say. We're not going to put a name on it. We're just going to. Doesn't matter who it is. Okay. Yeah. All right. I'll go with it. I think if if Allison gets in, if Allison gets injured next season, don't come fucking crying to me and saying, "Oh well, didn't I say this had happened?" No, you didn't. You absolutely yeah. championed it. You can clip <laughs> this up, save it, save it for next year. Save it for next year. So yeah, we're through the goalkeeper part. Uh, we got about 300 people in here watching us live. That's fantastic for joining us, guys. Just please hit the like button for all the algorithmic reasons uh, that YouTube works off of. Just helps to spread the message of the day trippers. We're all just having a little bit of fun here. Time to move on to the defense and who we think we're bringing in. Uh, I mean, just to narrow it down a little bit, do either of you guys see us doing anything with the fullbacks? Because I don't. I think we're going to go with the four we got. Yeah, no. no, I think we're okay. I no, I'm, I'm just looking now. Like, I'm, I think we're fairly ready to go and start looking at players to bring in. But right yeah. now, you have, right now, you have homegrown. You have Trent, you have Gomez, you have Henderson, Jones, and a homegrown keeper. Right. Yeah. You also have Phillips. You also have Seb Vanderberg, and you also have Reese Williams. That's eight. Okay, but they would need to be registered, correct? They need yeah. to be registered, but that doesn't mean you can't use the Carvalhos, the Elliots, and all of them as well as. Because they don't need to be registered. Yeah, they don't need to be registered. Jude Bellingham doesn't need to be registered. You can still use all of those pairs as well. I'm going to put them down, though. So, homegrown for Phillips. Um, 
who else you say Williams homegrown and club grown is that correct yeah okay yeah. and Vandenberg and Vandenberg and Vandenberg yeah Brian O'Halloran uh, just asked if Bellingham is homegrown uh, Bellingham doesn't will... need to be registered so we're not really counting him even the though the season after he would yeah he'd be association grown yeah he'd be homegrown okay. Vandenberg homegrown club grown homegrown club grown yeah yeah okay that's a good little spot of transfer business Liverpool did there picking up this defender. Okay, so so basically that would cover you. That would have one, two, three, four, five, six. That would be eight of which one, two, three, five of those will be club ground then. Yes. Okay. Um. Yeah. Uh, unless you. Yeah. Okay. Um. So we're okay then. Right, numbers wise for that we're good. So we're we can good start now. talking now about, it's about bringing can, players in. So that's about the good stuff. <laughs> so the well, players and, in, and also if you bring in another homegrown player somewhere else in the park, you can look you at can moving on somebody like a Reese Williams or a Nat Phillips, and it doesn't hurt you going down the line. Yeah, yeah because you're at, you're at eight and five at the moment. Yeah. So even if you got you could get rid of a club grown player out of that, and you'd still be on the four. So yeah. Before we start lashing names out there, centre back. And two midfielders. Is that it? And a forward for me. Oh. Kev always likes a forward. He loves a forward. Love he a forward. Like a forward. I, yeah, I think uh, I think it'll be three midfielders because, of course, <clears> we're <throat> including Bellingham automatically. But, yeah, two midfielders and uh, two defenders for me. Okay. Now, just to let you know, we had 100 million to start. If you sell Keller and you sell Matip, you have 135 million, as we say yeah. here. Okay. Sorry, I know we're all jumping in. You probably don't know who's hosting the show, but Kev's doing the fucking homegrown shit. I'm doing all the, the numbers. And Matt's just going, just get Alex McCarthy. Um, so, but no, but no. Bring it to back and Alex McCarthy. That's <laughs> no, Matt's just trying to get into a spreadsheet here, to be honest. Um, so, one three five is what we're at. Yeah. Um, centre-back, two centre-mids, two more midfielders, and a forward. That is still without having James Milner here, by the way. He's still yeah. on the list. Yeah, okay. there's some massaging we'll have to do at the end in terms of, you know, we might end up with three slightly different 11s based on our personal ideas of who's going to stay and who's going to mm -hmm. go. But uh, coming on to center half, Kev, you mentioned it to me last night after we finished the uh, show we did. I'm going to let you have first hit on this because I think it's a great idea. Tell me about Evan and Dicka. Evan and Dicka is available on a freeze at Bruce and Gladbach, I think. He's either Gladbach or he's at... Frankfurt. 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 Yeah. But he's he's the right age, he's the right profile, French, quick, left-sided. Can also play left-back as, as an emergency, but he's probably, in the, in the terms of French centre-backs, if you were ranking Ibukanate, Saliba, he's that next one down. And he's right at that level to kick off. If he was on the transfer, if, he, if he was to... Age is 21. Oh, okay. And if he oh, was yeah. to be available with a transfer fee, you'd be talking 40, 45 million pounds for him. Yeah. Right? No no doubt in my mind whatsoever. And okay. plus the fact that he can come in and play left-sided naturally, which allows Virgil time to not have to play every single game going forward. Plus it frees up so... I mean, I, I get so just, where people just, in the sorry, chat are talking about Vardio. We forgot one thing, the wages. 
Okay. Yeah. So we're, we're going to say that Bellingham is in and the wages are okay, right? Yeah. So Kelleher, Matip, Ox, Kate, Firmino all gone. Okay? That's a lot. That's got to be what? Half a million a week? 120, 140, 310, 310. I would estimate around £400,000 a week. Yeah. But Dylan O'Rourke so just told so me there said Evan and Dicker is 23. He's 23. Uh, 24 in the summer. Mm. So, again, perfect age to, to kick on. I thought he was a bit younger than that, to be honest. But So, 24 years of age starting next season, which we, you know, he's he's done his groundwork in the Bundesliga. And on a free, he's exactly the type, that, he's exactly what we did with Matip at, at the time when we got him. And he turned out pretty well. I th- I just think he's a really good player. Anytime I've seen, him, I like the look of him a lot. And it frees up money for where I want to spend it elsewhere. Bingo. That's to me. That and was the other side, thing. The other side of it is we still have to live within the parameters of financial fair play being a thing that rolls every three years. So as much as we want to lump in this one summer and have a really huge summer. You're still going to want to probably do something in the January to come after that, and you're still going to want to have funds available to you to do something more to replace the players going out of contract like Thiago in 2024. You can't lump three years' worth of a transfer budget in on one window, which is why Gavardio is a non-runner. Gavardio is the one who rejected an 80... They rejected an £80 million fee for him already. He is going to be commanding world record fees when he moves yeah. in the summer. He's a top-tier defender. But... The only thing I'd say on the centre-back thing here is, is that there's quite a lot of people in the chat don't feel we could get Evan and Dickie because Owen Bork reckons that uh, PSG had a bid reject for him in January. Dylan O'Rourke says um, the ideal age is about 24. 21, you're looking at a player for down the line. 24 has cut his teeth. Fantastic business, but he feels he could be set for Barcelona. Yeah. Um, we haven't got a free run on him for sure. Okay. That's, that's, that's a fact. Okay. You know, he's he's got to be highly in demand. But you but you, you would I'd, to allow more to, to allow more money to be spent somewhere else. You would like Evelyn Dicker. Yeah, it's I I really liked it because for me it allows us to move on Matip and take any offers that we can get for the likes of Nat Phillips, Reese Williams, and potentially look at loaning out Seth Vandenberg again. It's why I really wanted to get that third choice homegrown keeper in to allow me when I'm doing my team up to get rid of both Matt uh, Phillips and Reese Williams, because I would also think that Liverpool should be bringing in another center half as well. And I've said it for a while on here, Kev, you've heard me mention it. Yep. I'm a huge fan of Nathan Collins. And like, if Wolves go down, I think Wolves could get plundered this year because they have a lot of players that are definitely Premier League quality, like better than championship quality. Uh, the other one, though, and uh, Kevin Ball was saying in the chat, are we not going to have some mention about him? Uh, Armand Bella catch up from Southampton. Yeah, there's, a, there's a good center half there. I think one of those two players, uh, especially with Wolves, since they signed Craig Dawson, it seems like Nathan Collins isn't in the plans for Lopetegui. I, it's, I'm not entirely sure why, because when I watched him play at the start of the season, he was quite impressive, actually. I really liked him. And I believe he counts as homegrown as well, because he joined Stokes Academy system when he was 16. So even though he's Irish, he counts as a homegrown player for us. So I'm a, I'm a big, big fan of Nathan Collins. I just, I'm not entirely sure what you'd be looking at for fee, 35, 40 million. I think, I think in the center back thing, I think 
you're definitely looking at Van Dijk and you're looking at Canate and then you're looking at Gomez and you're looking at someone beside them. But yeah. if you're doing Evan and Dickey, your next sign in that centre-back after that has to be a big one. Yeah. Has to be. Because Van Dijk's not going to last forever and Gomez you have doubts over. So you're going to probably lose them in a year of each other, possibly. Right? Or lose the version of Van Dijk you have within a year of wherever happens Gomez I have no problem with Gomez and Dicke loads of people are saying Barcelona some are saying Dortmund some are saying PSG so like Kev said um, it's not it's not a clear run but we're not we're not here to predict what will happen we're we're, we're trying to put a squad together we will put forward as achievable for Liverpool is there any other options to send back if it's not Evan and Dicke and Nathan Collins of course Um, Bellacat yeah Belakachat would be one. I mean, you you need someone who can, who would be capable of playing first team football, and capable of playing first team football going for a title. So there can't be, you know, someone that's that's no good. But there isn't that many options out there that you that jump off the page at anyone. You know, it's like. No, I don't. That probably see, is. It doesn't. They jump. They, they don't jump out of the page because. I mean, Skriniar is going to PSG. He would have been one that would have yeah, been worth a look. This is what I'm short, saying. They don't. They PSG. don't jump off the page because you're trying to spend fuck all on it. Really. Well, we're tr- we're try- We still have to do it within a budget of yeah. 135 million, and we do need to invest significant yeah. money elsewhere. Hmm. So. And Dicko was asking me, have we seen the Newcastle news? And the way he's asked that makes me think that um, there's something going on in Newcastle. I'd really love to know. Um, <laughs> Sean, he says, uh, Guardiol has a cheap enough buyout this summer. Um, we'll see. Yeah. I, hey, look, I'd bend <coughs> over backwards if we could get him. I, I'd do anything to get Guardiol. I think he's he's a superstar in the making. Yeah, Sean, he also and, says that uh, yeah. Nathan Collins is a brilliant show for Matt. But, listen... Guardiola is a lot of money and we're going on a budget here, right? Too much money. Too yeah. much money. For what we're, we're trying to do here without it being absolutely outrageous. Um, are we going to go and dick it then centre-back? Yeah, it's, yes. I I really think it's smart business. It's the sort of transfer, it's like Kev said, like a little Mark II Joel Matip. Mm. I think that would be a great piece of business. Sam Tandy yeah. says... Uh, Kim from Napoli, I think, is a release class. He's oh, fantastic. He's a great player. Yeah. He is a great player. Yeah. And th- that shows you that there is, if your scouting network is right and you're willing to take a punt, that there is value to be had in this market still. Mm. You know, they picked him up for peanuts and he's probably one of, if not the best centre back in Italy this season. He's, he's just top tier, you know, and nobody saw it coming. Like a lot of the Napoli players this season, to be fair. Ray Kennedy in the chat says he's not really into this transfer <laughs> stuff, but he did found club call in 1994 <laughs> to see Alan Stoltz from Bolton. <laughs> Sorry, oh, Matt, where are we going next? Sorry. Uh, I mean, just like any other chat around here, as somebody brought up, I mean, a few people brought up in the chat when I mentioned Nathan Collins, they came back with Max Kilman instead. I did not realize Max Kilman was English. Uh, 25 years old. Transfer market has his market value at 20 million pounds. I don't think that's probably anywhere even close to correct, but he's impressed me a lot this season. It's good football. Uh, I, yeah, I did not know that he was homegrown at all, and he does play on the left-hand side for Wolves as well, too, because he was over covering Salah a lot in that uh, game the other day. So 
that's that's another one. Like I think one of those two Wolves defenders, whether it's Collins or Kilman, uh, Craig Dawson, get the fuck out. Um, I think one of those two would be good business, especially if Wolves went down because. I uh, can't remember who uh, G10, I think was in here. He says like, like, you know, let's be realistic. It's going to be freeze and cheap old players that we're going to go for. And that's kind of how I approach this was I, I tried to look at the teams that are probably going to go down and went, is there somebody on there that we can go and do a Wijnaldum or a Shakiri or an Andy Robertson with? And as a team's dropping out of the Premier League, just go yoink and grab a player of theirs and throw them in. And that's where I came at with Bella Kotchap because I think he's too good of a player to be down in the championship. Even if it's the possibility that it's only just one season with Southampton, I I don't think he's going to be at Southampton next season. I think he's going to go in the summer. Okay. Um, midfield. <laughs> yeah. i got two coming in. Um, I have mentioned one earlier, uh, Kefren Turam. Uh, son of Lillian. <laughs> um yeah. Brilliant, brilliant prospect. Uh, there's another one as well. Uh, Kone uh, plays in Germany. It's both similar players, both similar profile of players. And I just prefer Kefren Toram. His transfer market value is about 22 million euro. I think he'll probably be about 35 million euro, give or take. Um, and if you're looking for someone to play next to a Fabinho in some games or Instead of Fabinho in some games, I think he's perfect. I think he's absolutely perfect for it. And the other one, Morton's got it there. I get is James Warprouse. Someone said why. earlier in the in the chat, how long will it take for Kev to say James Warprouse? We I made it an hour and, and, and ten minutes. Yeah. But the only re- and, and James Warprouse would be the reason why I don't keep James Jonathan. Warprouse. Jonathan says, how long will it take before Kev mentions Warprouse? I'm just looking back yeah. at it. Um, I don't think he'd be the, he'd the, be the only reason I wouldn't keep James there. Yeah, that's that's a that's a big game changer. We uh, Kevin and I had a little chin wag after we went offline last night, and there was plenty of James Ward Prowse talk. You know, like Jonathan nailed it. He was always coming up. You don't have to worry about that. And I think that's that's a swing for me. Is I think I think one of the other midfielders coming in. I think that there's legs in this Matthias Nunes thing. There's just. There yeah, Shawnee says the same. Shawnee's convinced Nunes is a done deal. Yeah, yeah. I think so as well. It, there's just too many journalists or Twitter people that are not in the know, but they're adjacent to in the know that seem to have, like, it just seems to have legs to it. So I think he's done, and I'm not against it. Like, I, I, I kind of budgeted him for about 45 or 50 million. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I like that. Dylan O'Rourke says Kev is coming out of this window with a hundred million in the bank. FSG have him on the payroll by Monday. <laughs> Cash I, my check tomorrow, though. Oh, yeah. You see, it's actually scary when you look at the midfielders we have listed here and trying to fit them in. And I know there's no space for sentimentality in football and stuff like that, but there's a lot of players there for me that I don't know how well they'll handle not playing. Do you know what I mean? Like, <clears throat> Thiago, Fabinho, Henderson. I don't know how well they'd handle not playing. Midfield-wise, and I'm going to go back to, for me, I'm going to go back to um, what Kev, and I think Keith has said quite a bit, defensive midfielder. I'm going to go for your man, um, the Uruguayan fella. Ugarte? Yeah. That's a wide like. Um... 
and I think Nunez, I think I think yeah, there's there's a lot in that. But then when if you if you add them in there, you're kind of saying to yourself, they'll all want to play. And I've no problem with them all wanting to play. Yeah. It's just how you, you handle not playing. And then you look at the likes of Elliot, the likes of Carvalho, Bajetic, you know, it's there's a lot of players there, lads. Especially if you want to play four two three one. There's a lot of players there that are there's not also a lot of games of football. There's I know there's a lot, a lot of games. games. I know and there's a lot of games like Mason Mount is being mentioned. No. But but I just don't I just don't it's I'm just wondering if Liverpool part of me thinks the Liverpool would go for Bellingham and one other in midfield and say to themselves, what we have there plus two players that actually play football for this football club will be enough. And it's not that, and that's not a cheap way of getting out of it. It just, it's, it, it, it just, I just doesn't make an awful lot of sense for two midfielders to come in on top of Bellingham. In, no. And I think we need, I think we could do it, but I think you would end up with one of those leaving and that could be a Thiago, it could be a Fabinho. I'm Alex Rodriguez and I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Yeah, but that's where I think Thiago probably leaves down the line uh, at the end of his contract next year. And that's why... I wouldn't be. I look. I wouldn't be a bit surprised if you if the Nunes thing was done and we don't go for um, a two ramp or and we bring him in and play. We could go with four three three and play Nunes with Bellingham and Fabinho behind them, you know, and bring Ugarte in as your backup number six and rotate the other midfielders around those two. That's a possibility. <coughs> you know, I yeah. I like War Price because of the fact one his age, his experience. His set piece delivery, his um, hasn't got the legs, Kev. His work rate around the pitch, he does. His work rate around the pitch is fine, but mm. I wouldn't trust him in a two-man midfield. I would have no problem with him being a squad player. Yeah, um, yeah. Um, I, I gotta <laughs> say, I'm I'm a bigger fan of the idea of us signing signing James Ward-Prowse than I am of Mason Mount. I I, I like my Mason Mount, the footballer. But I would prefer to bring someone in. I'll just mention him there in a minute. There's someone who plays as a backup to Mo Salah, who actually scares people and who has the, the ability to maybe eventually replace him in the side. And that for me is Michael Elisa. And I would Ooh. go ham to bring Michael Elisa in from Crystal Palace. Ooh, I- At 21 years of age, I would. <clears throat> Do whatever it took to get him, and and I still believe we have that in the budget to be able to do the players that I've mentioned and come in with change to do something in January if we needed to. There's a lot in the Mount stuff, but I just don't like if you get Mason Mount. Where do you expect Mason Mount to play? What position? Not you a clue. If you're looking at Mason, where does Mason Mount, Mount play for for Chelsea? He plays on the right side. 
of a three or when they play four two three one. He's like a right sided inside forward. Okay. Yeah, you know, he's off a striker, plays like a second striker to the right or a third man in midfield sometimes. But it's mainly that right side wide ish. He's not a winger. He's not a forward. He's not a box to box central midfielder. He's one of those. To me, he's a luxury player. And does we he, have does, enough does luxury he, players already. Does he come in and, and does he come in and make the argument for playing as a ten? If you were playing four two three one, and you 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 bring in a, if, whoever you bring in, Ugarte or whatever, and you play him with Bellingham. But I, I don't really want to see Bellingham in a six if Bellingham's playing for Liverpool. I just think I, I don't so think, much I don't of think that, I don't think the double pivot you got to like. I don't. I don't think of it as a six in the way that we think of Fabinho playing the six. Like, they're going to be box to box, like, especially, like, watching Bellingham play. Like, I've watched probably 10, 15 Bellingham games in the last year or so between England and Dortmund games, and he's just everywhere. Like, he's – and that's why I love the the idea behind this game that we get to presume that he's a lock in the team automatically because he allows us to change so much. And so, like – I think a player like Matthias Nunez allows us to shift between 4-3-3 and a 4-2-3-1 based on the opponents. If you're playing against Manchester City, you might want to play 4-3-3. So let's, you know, let's that just, might... so sorry, this is probably me getting very confused, right? Let's just look at the <laughs> midfielder. So so let's so let's just say, right? Bellingham. Okay. You have Bojetic. Okay. Fabinho now, Henderson. No, no, forget them for a minute. You want to bring oh. in two midfielders. So let's say we bring in Toram. Okay, just for argument's sake. And you yeah. bring in a Matthias Nunes. <clears throat> okay. So you have Bellingham, Bojetic, Toram, Nunes. Okay. And then on the other side of it, you have Thiago, Fabinho, Henderson, Jones. Yeah? Okay, and then you have Elliot, you have Carvalho, okay? Mm-hmm. Now, there's too many players there. Yeah. Regardless yeah. of what you do in a 4-2-3-1 or a 4-3-3, there's too many players there. Yeah. And I know I, people will say the injury records we get and this, that, and the other, but genuinely... But we, can't, we can't carry 10 midfielders into next season. That's ridiculous. No, I don't think so either. We You're had 10 at- now. But at the same time, with the injury record you have of some of them, you will need to carry 10 into next into, into Yeah, but we're not year. carrying the injury records of Ox and Naby, who are just passengers in exactly. the numbers that we have this season. And we've already been caught for players playing too much, players playing coming back from injury too early hmm. because we don't have the right numbers at the right time. Okay. And I think you've got, at the moment, the younger players that we have, the Carvalhos, the Elliots, uh, the B- Stefan Batetic, they're, they're too young to be dependent on to play week in, week out. But they're also probably too good to be sent out on loan as well. Mm. Yeah. They're stuck yep. in that horrible middle ground where a loan might do Carvalho the world of good next season. But at the same time, it's the kind of load that you'd look to get for him. 
Yeah, because I look at... I, I look, I'm, I'm under belief that Carvalho goes on loan next season. I think Carvalho goes on loan to a mid-table Premier League team. Like, I would love it if Crystal Palace took him on loan to replace a Michael Elise-shaped hole in their team. It's, that's the first I've heard you mention that, Kev. I'm a huge, huge fan of that because Elise is fantastic. Uh, it's, for me, it's but, just he really impresses me. The game's against us. He just looks so calm. Yeah. Nothing phased him. He just wanted to get on the ball. It didn't matter if it was left or right. He took he took the ball and he he progressed it forward. I just think that at his age, he definitely could kick on to be a real. He could do for us what Saka is doing for Arsenal. I have no doubt in my mind. He's I think he's that good. That's a that's a that's a big shout. Uh, another one. I tried to get a little inside information on this on the uh, bookmakers. Uh, YouTube show that Gav did earlier today, but because again, I was thinking about the teams that are at threat of relegation and who'd you poach on them. Personally, I'm a huge fan of Onana at Everton. I I think he's got the. It'll never I happen. The, I it'll don't think it'll happen. ever happen either. They literally let that Alsatian dog become fucking <laughs> the, the head of the transfer committee than sell a player to us. Genuinely, I know, I know, but I mean, maybe if with relegation, they're they start looking at the books and going, holy shit! Like if we can get. 30 35 million i think he's a good player but like gav is there anybody you look at on leads that if leads get into relegation trouble and end up going down that you'd uh you'd like the, the, you'd the, the young lad uh ganonto is is a really looks a really big talent. tough position though right because he's a left winger and we really don't need any more players yeah, to but, play but Klopp could make him into anything i'm just looking here though if you have Bell- bellingham by toram nunez if we, we settled on that it's actually a really, it's actually a really good forward planning thing of um, replacing Kate to Thiago Fabinho Henderson, right? Because it all matches up. You look at it. You look at it. Um, Toram, it can play in a six. Nunez plays in an eight. So does Boychetic or a six. Bellingham can play in either as well. And you look along Thiago uh, Fabinho Henderson. The all can go into that six eight. It's actually really good. Um, it kind of leaves Jones as the odd man out, but there's no problem there. And then you're looking at Jota Diaz. On the left, Nunez, Gakpo through the middle, um, Salah and then move Elliot and just the side Elliot is a right-sided attacker um, in a different sort of game, maybe in a 4-2-3-1. But he's, it kind of leaves Elliot and Jones as nearly utilities, and that's fine. You can switch them around in different games and different positions. Um, so I'm I'm kind of more on the side of, of actually doing three midfielders and not a forward in the summer. Because yeah, I don't, no, I, I can't, understand. I can't see us doing Bellingham two more midfielders and an attacker. Like we have to be realistic here in yeah. in the amount of business you can get done. A and B, who's running the club and who's making the decisions? Because the 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 way they do things and the well, shoot on. shoot me names then, and I'll I'll give you their transfer values. For who who you'd who we're gonna settle on bringing? Oh, in. if you're going off a transfer mark, Kev, that it, is so so skewed because I was I'll, pulling. Yeah, up. but I'll tweak it. Don't worry. Yeah, I was about to say like they've got uh, Fabinho is a transfer market value of fifty five million. If an offer comes in for fifty five million for Fabinho, we have to take it. <laughs> We'd be insane. Yeah. Not well, to you take see, a I think year. I think you do you do Toram and Nunez for a combined. 80. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah, I'll go with that. I'm okay. okay with that. So, I think that would be it. 
So that's a net spend of fifty million and whatever Bellingham is. Look mm. at you, top reds that over would, here. That, but still, that would still be an outlay of about one hundred and seventy million. Well, if you if you hundred if if you're looking at Bellingham at a hundred, that's one hundred and eighty million, and you're getting thirty back. But yeah. at the same time, at the same time, you're gone from Kate, sorry, Kate, Ox and Milner leaving. And Bellingham, Toram, and Nunez coming in. Yeah, you've definitely increased the quality. Yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah, I think so. Plus, you know, your forward I, planning there, where you know, if Thiago goes in a year's time, you're not. You know, you can make a change. You can bring a player in, and you're not hurt. It's not like you need to like. I think I think you're right. Thiago probably his last season at Liverpool next season. I think Henderson won't be far off that, and maybe yeah. Fabinho as well. But if you're bringing in, if you're bringing in Bellingham, Toram, Nunes, you're either losing Milner or you're losing one of Thiago, Fabinho, Henderson for me. Yeah, yeah, and for me, the the odd man out there for me was Thiago, because he just doesn't fit in with the the four two three one four three three, like especially now with like having done so many full-time shows again and again and again since by has played when Tiago comes back, that's whose spot he's taking in the team is by I think by is doing an incredible job of auditioning for the left side at eight role. He looks better there than he does as a six to me. Yeah. But if you go into next season and you say to me, you have Fabinho and a Torah as your six. Okay, you have a Bellingham and a Bicetic on one side, and you have a Nunez and a Thiago on the other side, right? You know, as your options, that leaves that's Henderson. Scary. That that leaves Henderson dropping into that Milner role that we're talking about, because I think yeah. that's the natural progression for him. So you end up yeah. then, like I said, with Jones. You end up with Elliot and possibly Carvalho as your three utilities. Two of them can definitely play in the midfield three. Because you have to remember, Elliot has to play in a midfield three that's fucking mobile, right, in order for him to work, right? But he can also cover right-hand side if if you want to do something with Salah. You have Carvalho that can cover something left-hand side or maybe in a 10 if you go 4-2-3-1. That's why the Mason mounting doesn't make an awful lot of sense to me. Um, and then you have Curtis Jones that can play I think he's more of a midfielder, more of an A. But in saying that, he spent an awful lot of his young career as a wide man and as a 10. So yeah. there's no... You see, people think when, when you say, oh, he can play here and he can play there, that he's no use to the squad, right? This, these sort of players that, for me, are the sort of players that come in and you go, when you're training up at 20 to go, you put Elliot on for Salah. You put Carvalho on for the Diaz, right? Or you put... A Jones in for a Bellingham or whoever it might be, yeah. but that's where they use. And if they take that chance, great. They're, they're chomping at the bit to get into the team, but that means that your bench is then really fucking strong as well. Do you know that sort of way? Yeah. So uh, I know people want Liverpool to spend colossal amount of money, and I'm I don't give a shit if they do. Right, fair play yeah. to them. But <clears> I think if you walk in to the summer and you say Bellingham. Toram and Nunez has cost you 180 million quid and you've absolutely signed midfielders because that's what needs to be done, right? 
forget how much the net spend is. Because if you've done well where you've brought in a keeper that's homegrown on a free because Kelleher wants to leave and you've made 25 million, that's fine. If you brought in Evan Ndike and he's 24 and he's ready to be, be great and Matip just lost his fucking mojo and he has to go, that's fine. At the end of the day, right, if you win things, nobody turns around and goes, yeah, but the only fucking spent 100 million that summer. No one cares, right? At the end of the day, the biggest thing for Liverpool Football Club this season is tweak centre-half for me, definitely make an imprint in midfield, and I think the forwards coming back will do it justice. You're ending up with a couple of utility players, which is great, where they can move around. Ben Doak can show up and do a bit. What's your young lad that was really good last season and has got injured ever since? Kate um, Gordon. Kate Gordon. You might see the, you might see him come back in. There's another couple breaking through. But that's where they, they come in and you see bits and pieces. But as a strong Liverpool squad, like if I read this out to you, Alisson, Davis and a homegrown goalkeeper, Trent, Ramsey, Robertson, uh, Simakas, Van Dijk, Kanate, Gomez, Ndike, Bellingham, Thiago, Bacetic, Fabinho, Henderson, Jones, um, Toram, Nunes, Elliot, Carvalho, Diaz, Gakbo, Nunes, Jota, Salah, Doak, and that, and you can do what you want with Phillips and Williams and Van der Berg. Some of them will stay. Yeah, that that makes loads of sense a, without being absolutely outrageous. That's a strong squad that can compete, and mm. that's all you can ever ask of a side is that you give it, you give the manager a squad that's capable of competing, and. We just haven't had that this season where we've just, for whatever reason, for a multitude of reasons, not one single reason, mm. there's a multitude of reasons why we haven't competed this season. One is the lack of investment, but it's one of many of the other reasons why it hasn't happened. Kevin Ball says so, that midfield still isn't great. Which part of it isn't but, up but, to standard? Kev, Kev. Uh, uh, Fabinho, Matthias Nunez, Jude Bellingham midfield doesn't get you, so, get your so uses for mid, Kevin? In midfield, sorry, in midfield you have... Let me just double-check this. In midfield, you would have Bellingham, Bojcetic, Toram, Toyas Nunes, Thiago, Fabinho, Henderson. Yeah? Yeah. So what you've basically done there is you've taken out Milner, you've taken out Oxlade-Chamberlain, you've taken out Keita, you've, you've disregarded two young players that you think might be used somewhere else. And you've replaced those with Bellingham, Toram, and Nunes. Like, mm. how much more do we want to be doing? I mean, a bowlie's worth apparently. Look, I, I, I'm not. I'm not saying that's. And... I'm not. But I, I would make the argument that that's Liverpool completely sorted now and let's go again. It's not. But there's only so much you can do. That's that gets you over a hump until the following year. When you're going to have another set of players who are out of contract. Well, you're going to have a problem. And, have and a problem. then that's where you're going to have to do it again. Yeah, but what I'm saying to you is, Kev, if you, if, you, if you go a year down the road from that and you say to yourself, right, listen, Thiago's going to go. Yeah. Right? Thiago's going to go and, look, it just hasn't happened for Gomez. Right? You can sign two players in the yeah, next 12 no months. And that ups but it. You, but, but you, like... I know there's people out there that will go, well, just sell Thiago, Fabinho, Henderson, Jones, fucking, you know, there's oh, get rid of them four, get rid of six. You're not doing it. Like, yeah. you can play all the fancy you want in the world. Do you know what I mean? Um, Ken Boss is the age gap between the options. But 
we've well, gone on about good. the age of that midfield. Bellingham is 19 years of age. Yeah. Bojcetic is 18 years of age. Toram is... 21. 21. Nunes? 24, I think. Right. So, no, we've, lowered, older, we've, lowered, we've lowered the, the age there while keeping experience in there. I don't, I don't know where we're meant to... You're not doing more than three midfielders. Not for me, anyway. Yeah, Nunes is 24. Yeah, G10 says, can't be all under 21 and over 30 age, lads. But, but what do you want, then? We'll be going for age well, here. Here's the thing, right? For me, Jude Bellingham is 19. He does not play football like a 19-year-old. No, you he don't never... even count him. It's almost like the rules of this you know game. What I mean? Just don't even count Jude Bellingham. He's a freak. He's, he's so not good. a he's not a 19-year-old in the sense of the word that we've seen a 19-year-old player. Yeah. Ox and Naby and Milner going, being replaced by Bellingham, Nunes at 24, and Turam at 21. I do not for the life of me see the problem. I, I don't see a problem there. For you the, could I, replace James Milner with James Ward-Prowse and the average age of the Liverpool squad would come down noticeably. Like, James Milner is such a freak of nature at 37 years old yeah. that he bumps up our average age because he's so old. It's the same with Modric. As soon as Modric leaves Real Madrid, their average age is going to plummet because he he buoy, he buoys it up so, so much. I Another name in midfield that I think is, is worth kind of a thought about is Ruben the Sandwich Neves at Wolves. Yeah, contract. Yeah, I think he's the kind of player you go for if you couldn't. He'd be my maybe your C or D target if you couldn't get a Turam or a Kone or someone of that level who's got the who's at that level to go to the next to make the next jump. I think he'd be down the peck in order for. He's a good player. Don't get me wrong. He's a really good player, but I just think that ideally you want someone. For me, at twenty-one, with a not, with half an eye at someone who at twenty-three oh. is going to let Fabinho go, and it's not going to be, it's not going to be noticed. I, I at the same time, while you're while you're you're benefiting from having a good twenty-one-year-old prospect coming I, into I, the club. I'm I'm actually seeing people here, like Red Steve is saying, we still have nobody between twenty-two and twenty-nine. What do you want? Do you want to right? So do you want us to go out and sign three players that are twenty-seven? So we have loads of lovely numbers and they're all in order. Because if you've signed three players that are 27, in three years' time you go, oh, we have to do all this fucking again. Yeah, there has yeah. to be some sort of forward plan in this. When you're getting rid of players, remember, what age is Fabinho? 29. 29. 29, going on 30. Okay. He's 29 years of age. 29 years of age, right? Um, right, you have Henderson, you have Thiago. That's fine. But... What's this obsession with having fellas that are 24 and 25? Like, are you telling me that if we turn around tomorrow and says, we're not signing Bellingham because he's 19 and we've, we've named too many of them, we're going to sign a 25-year-old? That's madness. And it, and yeah. the 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 average amount of time a player spends at a club is probably four or five years anyway. Do you know what I mean? So what are we doing? Just sign him at 25 because 25 is a nice number. Like, there's no way, there's no way you can tell me Right? There's no way you can tell me that if we lose Oxley Chamberlain, Keita and Milner and you bring in Bellingham, Toram and Nunes, that the argument against it is Oh, they're not, they're not twenty-five. Enough. Like what the fuck is going on here? Yeah. 
So now, now, so now we're down. So hold on, now we're down to we have to spend shit loads of money, sell six, buy six, but make sure that they're 21, 22, 23, 24, 25, and 26. So we've loads of these numbers. G10 I mean, says 23 is, to 26 years with experience, consistency, and man and man strength. But Nunez is but hold on, this is the same. This so is the same one, one load of people that if we don't sign, but if we if we don't sign. Toram at 21 years of age and he goes to signs for Arsenal it'll be oh there's another one Liverpool left fucking go like yeah they'll, the they'll be on a show in the chat in three no. years complaining and bitching that we didn't sign this player when Guys. we could have got him for 30 million and now they're worth 80 million you know it's the same as the Moises Caicedo chat why didn't we sign Moises <clears> Caicedo <throat> when he was 10 million pounds because he was a gamble at 10 million he was if a you're gamble looking for a, if you're looking for a player at 25 to 26 years of age to improve Liverpool's midfield Right. You're talking yeah. along the lines yeah. of Barella yeah. and Tonali. And you're talking 70, 80 million. Yeah. And there's no guarantees. There's no guarantees with anyone that we or, said. Or you're talking a player whose legs might be gone, like Ruben Neves, like Yuri Tielemans, like players like that, which the people in the chat also don't seem to like. Oh, he's got no legs. Well, what is it? Is it the experienced player that's at the right age for you? Like the main thing is, and again, I believe we are signing Jude Bellingham, is that he is he's already at the level of that we need to have a player that's 23 to 25 or 26 years old he's already playing at that level now so g10 says hold on hold on g10 says i think go ahead g10 says and you're not going to have all these young lads for a decade three to five years the lifespan of a team so if you sign all these fellas at 26 in three years time you're going to give out that he's 29 and he should be sold so and not what difference it makes no difference what age he is if a good honestly if Liverpool don't sign Bellingham, there'll be uproar because Liverpool didn't sign Bellingham. He's 19 years of age. If Liverpool don't sign Toram and he ends up in the Premier League and he's good, it's like, why didn't Liverpool go and get him? Right? If yeah. Liverpool don't sign Nunes, it'd be like, well, he was good here and he was good there and it was only that amount and he's gone here now and he's worth 90. Guys, it's another player. It's nothing to do with age. We've seen if, this if argument. Know, if that's the case, if that's the case, sell Stefan Bojcetic. Right, sell him for fucking 30, 40 million to Real Madrid, and then go and spend sixty million on a fella that's twenty six. So you can sit there and go, we've a twenty six year old midfielder because what? Why? Because oh, there's it's a load gone. of twenty year olds here, and there's a load of twenty nine year olds here. So we need someone twenty six because my OCD is all over the fucking shop. Like, honestly, I don't know what the fuck we're doing here. Yeah. Well, listen. I love how wound up we're getting you before you go off on a nice little holiday weekend. Listen. <laughs> I'll be up to my eyes tomorrow and 5 o'clock Saturday morning I'll be in a taxi to Dublin Airport and I won't give a gay of Joe Bellingham fucking signs for Liverpool no. or not, to be honest with you. But one of the things that came up in the chat there a few minutes ago is Brian O'Halloran made the, uh, asked the question, do we think that FSG will foot the bill for this summer that's needed? And they guarantee, I, I can almost guarantee that they have no choice but to. And yeah. the reason being is the club's value is based on our ability to compete at the top level. And next season, if you guys go and watch Gav's show that he did an hour ago with uh, on bookmakers.com, the conversation started off by saying how competitive next season's Premier League is going to be. Make no bones about it. Chelsea at some point will come right. Manchester United are back and they're a threat to anyone who's going to be going for winning titles or competing for Champions League spots. Arsenal have bought well and bought young and they're going to develop into a competitive top four side. Man City are going to be knocking around. Favourites, more than likely, are going to be knocking around the top four. And then there's us as well. And then there's Newcastle in case they might do a madness in the summer. That's six. 
competitive sides. That's before you talk about Spurs or anyone else. Next season's Premier League is going to be seriously, seriously competitive. And if FSG want to maintain the club value that they rate so highly and command the kind of sponsorship deals that they want to command, the only way to do that is to invest in the club, invest in the playing staff, spend the money and front load to give us a chance to compete. If they don't, they can have no complaints when we are scrapping to get into a Europa, Europa League place and fighting to get into top four and scrapping tooth and nail to maybe try and get there. And their heads will fall off completely. They have to spend the money. And I think I think they will. I said it on a show maybe a week or so ago that as much as the guys behind FSG, you know, Tom Werner and John W. Henry, as much as they are absolute ruthless billionaire capitalists, they are at least sports capitalists. You know, they've been involved in the sports game for so long. Like John Henry made his billions doing commodity trading, but he's owned the Red Sox for 20 years now. He's a sports guy. And I think, to me at least, I look at John Henry and I see a guy who doesn't just see dollars and cents. John Henry sees value in winning trophies. He wanted to bring the World Series to the Boston Red Sox. He wanted to bring the Premier League to Liverpool. So he's not stupid. And that's it goes along with what you're thinking, Kev, of they they have to know, even the guys at the tippy, tippy, tippy top of our ownership structure, they know that at some point you have to spend money. The Boston Red Sox gave Raphael Devers an 11-year, $330 million contract. So that's $30 million a year. That's, what, 500 and some thousand a week American? Yeah. For a guy that's 28, 29 years old. They give a 28, 29-year-old an 11-year contract. You know, it's baseball. Things are different. Players play longer and stuff like that. But they know the cost of doing business, and they're not stupid. And the drop-off has been obvious. And we've had a few dribs and drabs from Jurgen Klopp kind of you know, not both barrels in the media press conferences, but he's letting it be known that we're going to need to spend money. And I don't think Jurgen Klopp steps out in front of those microphones with all the press there and says things like that. If he hasn't had a little word in his ear from up the chain that there is, we're going to spend some money. For me, I'm with Kev. I'm with both of you. Um, they don't have a choice. You know, Liverpool's squad as a stands now, if you weren't to do anything, you would have the squad you're looking at right now with Kate and Orina and Oxley Chamberlain on it, possibly Milne and Orina. Um Matip. So you'd you'd basically just wouldn't sell anybody and just go into next season. That's just not going to happen. Um they've they've walked themselves into this position. I've said it a few times with not getting rid of if they wanted rid of Kate and they wanted to sign a new deal, doing it last summer and the same at Oxley Chamberlain. They're gonna have to deal with this summer. They're gonna absolutely have to deal with this summer. And like there's lads in that chat there, G10, um, you know, Jonathan and stuff, and they're, they're coming back at me with regards to the age of players. They might sign a 25-year-old player. They might sign a 26-year-old player. But we're already talking here. You're talking there about this player's finished, that player's this, that player's that. Like, genuinely, if we go off that, we're going to have to sign, like, sell six and buy six. And that's just not going to happen. But that's for me, is unrealistic. But what re is realistic and what probably has to be done is, like Kev said, they can't get around this. They need to bolster this Liverpool squad. One, because there's players leaving it, because they're not taking up contracts or they're not being offered contracts. And two, there are players that, yeah, they're probably only 29, 30, 31 years of age. But they have shown in a sample size over X amount of time that form has gone, legs have gone, 
reliability is gone. And they know that this isn't the only window they're going to have to improve in. They're going to have to improve in this one to get Liverpool back to a level where they can challenge again. right? And I, I honestly think, like, if Liverpool went and done, not exactly what we've said here, but if you told me you were getting Bellingham and two midfielders in the same kind of ilk as a Toram and Nunes, maybe they're not the same age, maybe not the same value, but I would turn around and quite confidently tell you that with that, with a centre-half added in, and those players coming back into forward positions where they are back and they're fit and they're playing, along with the likes of Jones, Elliot, Doak, whoever, they hang around the edges and make impacts every so often. Liverpool will absolutely challenge for leagues or cups or in Europe. They absolutely would. I've no doubt in that. You know, the fall-off in Liverpool this season is big. Um, it's been abrupt, but it can be fixed because you're not having to sell players. They're going out the door. That decision's made for you. But FSG most definitely have to spend money. Has to spend money um, this summer. And it has to be a significant amount. And what you said, Matt, for me is right. Klopp has changed his tune. Not not openly saying stuff. Well, yeah, as open as I've ever seen him saying stuff with regards to Liverpool's transfer movement. But, being, but freely saying it. Nothing cryptic. Freely yeah. saying it. We need to do stuff. We need to do this. And we, we do this, this and this. Yeah. Um, you know... It has to happen this summer, or we're going to be like, what's the fucking point? You know, yeah. what's the point in letting these players all leave and then not replacing them? But you're doing a twofold: you're replacing what's leaving, and you're forward planning for what is going to leave in the next next year to eighteen months. Uh, Jonathan says, "Gav, rumor is yeah. you're having a meeting with I'll the transfer you know committee this weekend. We need to get our point across." I'm not having a meeting with anyone at the weekend. Um, Arthur Guinness. I thought you were meeting with Dom to have a pint. Oh, I'm meeting Dom. Yeah, I'm meeting Dom. Yeah, I'm meeting Dom. Courtney said she's got a call down as well. Yeah, yeah. Courtney will be going for a pint. Dom will be going for a pint. I think. Yeah, he's fine. Courtney's on cloud nine right now. Alex from Cop TV might be around. Whoever's around, I don't care. Care, won't you? Drinking. Um, But look, it's quarter to twelve. Yeah, yeah. I was going to mention something there, but it's guys. The story about Newcastle. Um, Tarek put a comment in there. If you could bring it up there, Max, it's yeah, not on my screen. The Premier League said, quote, legally binding assurances that the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia will not control U- Newcastle United, unquote. U.S. court filing named the club's chairman as a, quote, sitting minister of the Saudi government, unquote. So this is due to your uh, favorite new uh, sports venture here, Gav, Live Golf, being sued in the United States. A bunch of details are coming out in court proceedings. And shocker, the Saudi Arabia Public Investment Fund, the people that run that have some connections to the Saudi government. Hmm. I'm sorry, I'm not surprised because here in Canada, we had a thing called the Canadian Wheat Board. Our conservative Tory government sold it off to the Saudi Arabia land livestock investment firm about 10 or 12 years ago. It was an absolute fucking robbery by the government who stole an amazing uh, organization that Canadian farmers have built up for 90, 100 years. This is important to my family sold it to the Saudi government for absolute pennies on the dollars. So color me fucking surprised that the Saudi Arabia Public Investment Fund is also absolutely just another way of saying the government of Saudi Arabia. So I hope Newcastle and Man City, I hope they both get nailed to the fucking wall for this. Because what I didn't realize, what came out of this Saudi thing from what I've been reading about it, is that it is against the rules of the Premier League for the owners to have direct connections to the government. And I think what we're seeing in both of these cases is that that is in fact the case. So I hope that they get 
absolutely nailed to the wall. And I have zero expectations that that's actually going to happen. Yeah, well, it's all heating up in, in different areas and we'll come to it again at some stage. But genuinely, it's 10 to 12 at night. <laughs> Gab, yeah, give, us, uh, go. give us our lineup, Gab. Do we have a 23-24? Uh, yeah. um, so, first game of the season, what would be your starting 11? Um, Allison, Trent, Canate, yeah. yeah. Van Dijk, Robertson. Yeah. Um, I'm going 4-3-3. Okay. Um. Um. Chetic, Bellingham, Nunes. Okay. Diaz, Nunes, Salah. Right. I go with the same back five. Yeah. I'd be going four two three one with Fabinho and Bellingham in the sixes. Correct. Salah on the right. Salah, yeah, Salah on the right. Gakpo on the ten. Diaz on the left. Darwin Nunes up top. One hundred percent agreement, Kev O'Sullivan. One hundred percent. Yeah, but then when, when Allison does a fucking groin injury after seven minutes and some absolute hell comes on the pitch, we're not going down this road easy. again. We're going <laughs> home. Matt, put an end to this really quick. Housekeeper is the next best thing since using a potato peeler. <laughs> please, to peel please your put an end to this. I've so much Stop work it. to do, and it's ten to twelve at least. <laughs> Yeah, I, it's, I absolutely have to rock a piss as well, too. So I think that was good fun. I think the people yeah. that joined us pretty much had a consistent 300 people watching us the whole time. So yeah. if you're in here watching us and you haven't hit the like button yet, hit the like button on your way out. You can go and visit our show sponsor, bookmakers.com, for all your gambling needs if you want to, or for some really good YouTube uh, show content with different uh, fans of different clubs on there. Uh, Kev's going to be on the channel tomorrow night doing his uh, Premier League preview he's got coming up this weekend. Who you got tomorrow night, Kev? Uh, it's three of us tomorrow night. Myself, Chris, and Clutch FIFA. Kev, who was on with Gav earlier on. Um, we've got to be focusing. There's a lot going on in the Premier League, bottom and top. But look, the main focus is uh, Liverpool against Manchester United. That's right. The English Derby. The English Derby. And uh, I believe tomorrow morning at 6 a.m., the Road End Pod, Dom, who was on with us last no, night. No, 6 p.m. 6 oh, p.m. I thought he 6 said 6 a.m. in no, the chat 6... yesterday when we were chit-chatting. Yeah. That yeah. makes far more sense. 6 p.m. Yeah. The the new episode of the Road End Pod. Uh, who's that? Vignal? The Gregory Vignal. Yeah. Yeah. Former fullback on there with Dom. So definitely check that out. <coughs> check out Courtney Neary's game day pod from yesterday. She would have been absolutely buzzing coming out of the ground with Costa Simicast getting a uh, getting an assist for the second goal. The most important thing, though, is check out our charity sponsor. You see it there up on the screen. It's been there the whole time. The link's in the description. 12 women from a Dublin GAA club running the Dublin City Marathon, raising money for breast cancer awareness. We please just ask that you guys, if you can, if you're feeling generous, just throw a little donation in there. $5 and $10 gets us going. I always say that. No, wait. Kev always says that. It's the fives and tens that gets us there. If you can't donate any money, if you're feeling a little tight, just throw it into your social media accounts. You never know who's going to see that, read that, and uh, feel the giving spirit going on. And, uh, yeah, we got Saturday off. Sunday, we got double barrel shows coming. We got full-time Reds right after the game. And then not entirely sure who's on the Fat Back 4 this Sunday. I haven't a clue. I don't even know who's on the full-time Reds. I don't know who's on the Fat Back 4. And I don't know who's on on Monday, but that will all be sorted tomorrow at some stage. I want to give a big shout out to G10 and Jonathan in the chat, who's just who yeah. argued with me all night. And I and listen, I genuinely hold nothing against any. That's what I'm here. That's what it's there for. 
having arguments and you know getting points across and i love all that stuff so um yeah yeah, but these are weird, which are 25, 26 year olds infatuations. Anyway, hey, uh, but hey, no, I mean, no, I'll, genuinely, I'll that's all I'm telling I've done viewers' voices with Jonathan. He's he's absolutely good crack. I believe I'm using that correctly. Uh, you know, he's he takes a different style of opinion. He's a little bit more negative than I am. I'm the eternal optimist, and Jonathan's got a little bit more pessimism about him. But I mean, it's part of what I said it the other night on the show. Uh, this is the best chat going in terms of Liverpool fan accounts. Like, you get on, if you're listening on the download and you can get into the chat live for the shows, they normally go out 10 Ireland, England time. It's 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time if you're in North America. If you can get yourself into the chat, it is. it takes the show up to an entirely another level. Like, it's just fantastic. So, uh, Gab, you're heading over this weekend. You got another, oh, we got a super chat. I didn't see that come up. Yo, you're no, it's just, it's just a 10-pound um, donation, it looks like, from Nigel. So, that's cool. Um, ah, good nice. man. Thank you very Thanks much. Super chat. Yeah, yeah, I'm. 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 I'm uh, yeah, I'm going to Liverpool the weekend. I'm gonna have a lovely time. And you got uh, you got another episode of Bang Average Golf coming out tomorrow. Oh, nine a.m. Nine a.m. Yeah, I think it's nine a.m. Yeah, right. just type banging average golf into uh, into YouTube, and when you bang it in, uh, it will come up, big green and red and white logo. Um, just subscribe. Become yeah. a, become uh, part of the Bang Average Army and. Uh, Oh, that's what we're going with, eh? Yeah. I, I, want, to, I want to call army. it the Bag Army. Bang Average Army. No, no, I want to call Let's it the Bag right. Army. But um, I'm not oh. too sure. But um, listen, if you're a Bang Average golfer or you, you you relate to that, just hit subscribe, hit like. Well, look, the more feedback, the better, though. Watch the videos, give us feedback. What would you like to see? What do you like? What do you don't like? Whatever it might be, because we're, we're taking all these things and trying to make up different games to play and different formats and going to get guests now. Well, you're not, you're not talking uh, feedback on your swing, per se, Gav. No, no, my swing's absolutely <laughs> fine. Um, but, I want to uh, give a special shout out to uh, Paul Van with a comment here. It says, first time listening today, lads. Great stuff. Thanks very much, Paul. Uh, all the stuff from the LC Day Trippers, 100% free across the board. Really, the only thing we're ever going to ask of you is if you got a few uh, dollars in your pocket you're feeling loose with, just hit the link in our description and donate to our charity partner because that's the that's the driving force behind this show. We all love talking about Liverpool, but at the end of the day, it's all about helping out our charity partner that we got going. So uh, exactly. welcome welcome to the community, Paul, and I uh, hope we see you going forward in the future. So anything else you want to get through, Kev? Nah, mate, I'm all good. Yeah, sounds good. Gav, you seem no, like a tired boy. An hour and fifty one minutes we're on this. Come on. Hey, this was your fucking idea. Don't blame me. I you know, but then you just went into the big the mad spiel about goalkeepers when you didn't need to. Alex McCarthy, baby. <laughs> Fuck off, Alex McCarthy. He's gonna Let's look go. good in that white and green monstrosity next year. <laughs> right, come on, let's go. All right, that's enough from us. Thanks for watching us on LC Day Trippers. This has been the viewer's voice. We'll see you guys next week. Podcast Network.
Spring? Is that you? Warmer temps mean new Allbirds styles. Meet the Superlight Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. These must-have travel shoes have a lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit that made them the most packable shoes ever. Plus, they're comfy right out of the box. That means more comfort and less baggage. Experience how Allbirds is redefining comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code SUPER24.